Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you've been wanting to visit San Francisco, you better go this week while it's clean and safe. Not for you or the taxpaying residents, but for China's dictator. The show starts now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. San Francisco is looking downright civilized these days, like a major city in a first world country. Some of the worst areas in the Golden Gate City, specifically the notorious Tenderloin and South of Market neighborhoods, have been, shall we say, sanitized. The tents, the homeless encampments, the needles, the open-air drug markets, the feces, all cleaned, cleared up, and spotless. These typically filthy and dangerous areas are now unrecognizable in the best way, but likely for one week only. And why is that, Gavin? Folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, That's true, because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. Ah, there it is. The unprecedented and costly efforts to clean up San Francisco, well, in certain areas at least, was not spurred by the desire to make this very expensive and highly taxed city better for the purpose, pleasure, use, or safety of its residents. Oh, no. It was done to impress China's communist dictator. The people of San Francisco are pissed off about it, as they well should be. They've been forced to live with the squalor-filled streets for many, many years now and pay a premium for it. They've been lectured time and time again about the complexity of the homeless, sorry, freelance, unhoused human problem, as if there was no solution. Well, there's a solution, all right. Invite the communists to town. But I mean, how insulting, right? There is a $1.2 billion budget for a three-year effort to clean up California, and the first $100 million or so was spent and 8,700 people employed to clean up San Francisco in advance of this APEC summit. The money has been there, but the priority wasn't in place until the Chinese power players were set to come into town. California residents, not just in San Francisco, but up and down that godforsaken state, know all too well if they call the authorities about homeless people crapping on the stoops of their businesses or camping out in front of their homes, well, nothing is done. The taxpayers have doled out more than $20 billion over the last five years to tackle the homeless problem, and it's gotten no better, well, until the communists were due in town, of course. But when they leave, then what? Well, Back to the tents, the needles, the open-air drug sanctuaries, the tweakers milling about near schools, parks, businesses, and homes. But at least Gavin can put on his greasy little grin in front of Xi Jinping for a week, right? 
You've heard of Taylor's version. Well, this is Gavin's version, and it'll be over faster than Taylor's fake relationship with Travis Kelsey. Bet on that. Joining me now is my fellow former Californian, a refugee from Gavin's dumpster fire, just like me, and a fellow Fox News contributor, Gianno Caldwell. So, Gianno, you and I both left California, a beautiful state, unfortunately, destroyed by Democrat leaders and politicians, unsavable, in my opinion. I wish it were savable. Uh, I just don't have a lot of hope. But what do you make of San Francisco this week being cleaned up, being pristine, them spending all that money for the Chinese communists to roll into town? You and I lived in L.A., yes, but sir. I mean, same cities, different cities, same story. That's right. You left, I fled. Yeah. <laughs> they treated oh, no, me I like fled a prisoner yeah. during COVID. And I didn't do the crime, therefore I'm not doing the time. And that's literally what it was. You know, it's so interesting that Gavin Newsom admitted, yeah, we did it for this meeting, specifically for that. And that's the truth. That's good that you're being honest, but why don't you clean up the city on a regular right. basis? Why don't you move the homeless encampments from downtown L.A. to somewhere else where people can actually do something productive with themselves? Why give people drug kits so they can shoot up in a safe way? This right. is insanity on steroids. And we continue to see this from the left. Up is down, down is out, round and about. I'm saying a bunch of stuff I don't know what I'm saying. But <laughs> truth yeah, be told, the truth. The, the truth is it's just gone crazy. Folks have gone really nuts. And you and I live there. We know what it's like to live in a high-tax state. And I can't imagine what people in San Francisco that deal with this day in and day out, then they see this being cleaned up for a week and they see the homeless being pushed out. They did the same thing when they had the All-Star game in Seattle. They pushed out the homeless right. and then they bring them all back in. How confident are you that this is, as, as Gavin kind of alluded to, this is just the start of the cleaning of San Francisco. They're going to maintain this after the Chinese leave. Well, you got a lot of billionaires in San Francisco have chosen to leave and turn their backs on the city because of what it has become. You got business owners left and right that have chosen to leave. There's over 160,000 homeless people in the state of California. And that was prior, prior to COVID and mm -hmm. all the things that have happened since then. The state is in real jeopardy. They're losing their population. Poor people are being pushed out for folks who are coming across the border who are mm -hmm. bringing fentanyl, drugs, and any number of substances that are substances that are impacting the people there. They need new leadership. That's the only way you can spell it out. They need strong Republican leadership who's willing to make the hard decisions regardless of what the political fallout might be. They need a patriot. Do you ever see California electing a Republican, though? I think it's possible. You think it's possible? I think it's possible. And I'm going to tell you, with all the things that have happened lately, you think about places like the city of Chicago. We just saw a person by the name of Brandon Johnson, who's worse than Lori Lightfoot, right. uh, elected to that office. But he's probably going to be a one-term mayor because of the migrant crisis. Governor Abbott was genius. You want to have a sanctuary city? You, want, you need to share the responsibility. We're going to send him to your city. And now in the city of Chicago, you got black Democratic voters who are reliable, who are loyal to mm -hmm. the Democratic Party, seeing that they, they mean nothing to you, meaning the Democrat politicians don't care about you, whether right. you be black or not. They're going to put these other folks above your knees. They're going to put them in hotels and they're going to give them a monthly salary. Meanwhile, you stuff, you suffer and you starve in the city of Chicago. And not only that, you can have your family members murdered. Do you think, though, that these 
the the black voting bloc is so reliably Democrat. Yeah, and I would like so. to think we can change some hearts and minds. I would like to think that we could wake up that segment of the, of the voting bloc and say, hey, listen, we can offer better with a patriotic freedom first message. But you know, it's not that easy. There are people it, that right. they want to vote Democrat. They will vote Democrat, even if they continue to be trampled over. I'm not sure that they'll change their mind or change their vote. Yeah, and I've grappled with that as well. I thought long and hard, especially when you see the circumstances that they're up against and you see how black lives don't matter to Democrats, black votes matter to right. Democrats. And that's just the simple truth. So with that consideration in mind, when you see migrants right. in your neighborhood, we're talking about... Um, seniors who've worked very hard their mm -hmm. entire lives. They bought a house. They keep their yards clean. They want to protect their neighborhoods. They call the police and they work with them. When you see these other folks come into your neighborhood looking like they're from a third world country, and that's no disrespect to them. It's just a reality. When right. I was in Chicago recently, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in a whole nother country. Right. When you see people walking down the street looking like they're hiking with their families, people are upset. They're fed up. And the city's ignoring them. And I know that a lot of these very black advocacy groups that usually support Democrats are speaking out against Brandon Johnson and Alderman for doing this to them. If they get hit hard enough, there's going to be people who just say, I'm not going to go out and vote at all. Right. And that in and of itself is enough to impact the next election. I certainly hope that you're right. I would think the migrant crisis would impact hearts and minds and pocketbooks and that and, and everything else that's going on. I want to turn, before we get to some fun stuff, to 2024. I'm sure, as I have, you've been watching the debates. You've been watching, I guess, the cat fights between <laughs> Vivek and, and, and Nikki Haley. Um, and then Ron DeSantis mix in there a little bit, a little Chris Christie on the side. We just had, of course, Senator Scott drop out of the race. Yes. What do you think we're shaping up for as we head into this next year, Iowa? Who do you got your money on? Who would you like to see come out on top? I think Donald Trump is going to win. It, it's just absent him, something happening with his health. I think he's just going to win. Right now, what you have is a second tier debate that we've been seeing where mm -hmm. Donald Trump is not a part of it. Ron DeSantis is clearly leading the pack for that. I think Nikki Haley, there's a lot that I like about her. And I like the fact that she, especially in the first debate, she went more towards the center. She was speaking to suburban women, mm -hmm. which Republicans desperately need to win. But right now, the only person I can see winning this primary is Donald Trump. That's go and be convicted, Donald Trump, or not. This is the guy that Republicans are fully on board with, and there's no change in that, in my humble opinion. I think you're right, but I think that the people that are loud on social media for Donald Trump, ferocious in their support for Donald Trump, I'm not sure that that necessarily translates to just the quiet voters out there who just want a change. And I think that maybe, especially in Iowa, they might be watching someone like a Ron DeSantis who is showing up, who is very, very dedicated to not only showing up for their state, but dedicated to this country. I wonder if they're starting to see, hey, you know, Donald Trump can't be here because he's got to be in a courtroom. Donald Trump's not going to be able to be here because he's going to be in courtrooms in different jurisdictions for the next year and a half. Who knows how long? Do you think that there might be an underbelly of the conservative voter that's not on social media, that's tired of Trump? No, I mean, without question, there are a lot of conservatives that are tired of him. We saw that in the last election as well. But the truth of the matter is, since the 2016 election, when he started taking these arrows, arrows left and right, he had a message that was fairly consistent that I think really resonated, which is 
they're not coming after me, they're coming after you because I'm fighting for you. Whether that be true or not, the fact that he says it and it resonates is good enough. So yeah, you're in court because you're fighting for us. You're in these, like, yeah. But he's also, but he's really, he's fighting for, in some circumstances, yeah. I see where it feels like, you know, I, I believe all of these, what I think are really persecutions, not prosecutions, I think that they're unjust and they're BS. However, I do believe that Donald Trump right now is mostly focused on Donald Trump. And you know what? He has a right to be. He's fighting a lot of battles. But I'm not so sure that his focus can be dedicated to improving the American situation, given he's fighting to keep himself out of jail. Well, Donald Trump has been a masterful communicator in the sense that he can be focused on himself and talk about other issues as well. We saw what he did in the White House for four years. Now, mind you, he was very petty on Twitter. <laughs> and there was a lot of other things that I, I very much disagree with, but he did run the country like a business to right. a large extent. We saw um, record number of job growth. We saw the, the, the greatest drop in black unemployment that this country has seen, Hispanic and women, in what, 25 plus years. Uh, there's a lot of positives that he brought to the table. And right now, Americans are feeling the pressure of inflation. They're seeing what's going on in their neighborhoods in terms of crimes, the migrant crisis, the border. Uh, we see the for the first time in American history over a hundred thousand people uh, overdose from the use of a drug. Mm -hmm. We're in chaos. The country is not being governed in a way that presents any level of prosperity. Biden Bidenomics has failed everyone, mm -hmm. and people don't believe in that stuff anymore. We're not the same country that we were back in 2016. Things have radically changed due to COVID mm -hmm. and a number of other things. We can talk corruption and any anything else, but. People are hungry for somebody that they've seen fight for them. Right. And Donald Trump at least presents that image. Whether it be true or not, they've seen it right. with their own two eyes. So Ron DeSantis, great governor. I moved to Florida in part because of him. Um, and he kept the state open. I think he would make uh, someone who should run for office just in case anything happens and he can slide right in. But I don't think it is his moment, at least per what we're seeing with the numbers and the support the Republican base has for Donald Trump. We'll see when Iowa comes. <laughs> I, I just I feel like we're going to be surprised. But you know what? You never know. You never know. I want to turn to some fun things now. You and I have had a lot of kind of off-air, offline conversations about dating and what it's like. <laughs> Obviously, I'm no longer in the game. You are very much in the game. You were in Miami. You were going out. You are having fun. So I have to turn to a couple of great debates, the first one being the first date debate. We have a clip to tee it up. Let's take a look. Do not take no Cheesecake Factory on no first date. First date is supposed to be an experience, okay? I want to experience. I need ambiance, all right? I need dim lighting. I go to Cheesecake Factory with my homegirls for a little light lunch, all right? I go to Cheesecake Factory with my mama. The Cheesecake Factory is where I take my little sister for her birthday. It's childish and it's cheap, okay? That's where I go when I'm trying to save some with my family is in town and I gotta take everybody out and I ain't trying to, you know what I'm saying? Hey, let's go to the Cheesecake Factory. If she works at Walmart, absolutely. Take her to the Cheesecake Factory. If you plan on taking a bad out on a date, you cannot take her to the Cheesecake Factory. You think you're gonna get after we go to the Cheesecake Factory? Absolutely the not. Do not take her to the Cheesecake Factory. 
So where do you, where do you land on this? Because as a man, I would assume, Gianna, you wouldn't take someone to the Cheesecake Factory. I know you. I know you like the finer things in life. Finer. Right? I know that you and like it that. It only gets finer. Right. <laughs> Literally. But I'm kind of torn on this mm -hmm. because I'm from South Dakota. We don't even have a Cheesecake Factory. Red Lobster and Olive Garden is fine dining, in my opinion. So growing up in South Dakota, that was top tier, right? So when I think Cheesecake Factory, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fancy to me. But obviously, as life has changed, I realize maybe it's not the fanciest of places. But would you take a date to Cheesecake Factory? And if not, why not? First and foremost, I would never take that girl anywhere <laughs> or anyone like that. Uh, and no, I wouldn't go to Cheesecake Factory because I don't go to Cheesecake Factory, Cheesecake Factory on my own or with right, other no, people. God. Yeah, so it does. So to me, I'm gonna go to nice places because I go to nice places, not because I'm trying to impress a young lady. You can join me for this dinner, or someone else can join me for this dinner, or I can go by myself. But I do think this list that's been going along, going on around online, this viral list of places you can't take a girl for a first date. If there's a girl who subscribes to that and sends me something like that, we don't need to go anywhere because right. you obviously don't know who you're going out on a date with. Right. Number one. Well, it's so interesting now, too, because it feels like everybody is just trying to up the ante, especially for social media. It's, you know, every date has to be like ABC is The Bachelor it is what it feels like. But I want to get your take on this one. This actually comes from one of our producers that's in the room, Haley who lived in New York for, obviously, uh, most of her life, all of her life. And she went on a date before she left New York and came to Nashville. And she went on, like, a top golf type date. And he asked her to, you know, Venmo $30 after, <laughs> after the date. So, I'm, but I'm hearing with Gen Z, neither one of us are Gen Z, I'm hearing that this is a Gen Z thing where you do split on a date. And that's become somewhat acceptable what are your thoughts maybe he should have asked her to go on a friend date yeah. so what's <laughs> a friend date know, then? <laughs> something i'm making up which makes it make sense like if we can go out and get to know each other as friends i still wouldn't do it i just don't feel comfortable at all with it i'm a traditional man yeah i'll send you an uber let's yeah. meet up let's do all of that because that's how i would want to be treated right. and should men treat a woman that they may potentially be involved with for the long term Treat them in a way that's conducive to how you would want your daughter to be treated. Right. And that's the way I think of it. I would want to take a young lady on a nice date because it's the right thing to do. Not Cheesecake Factory, which could be good if right. that's your set of circumstances, but it's not mine. Or you're in the Midwest, and that is perfectly acceptable in the Midwest. If you're in Miami, that's what I'm saying. If that's probably it, that's not. It. Yeah, yes, it just right. depends on, on what you're used to. Exactly But right. do you think that there is a problem with on both sides of the coin, but I'm, I'm gonna talk about, about women because yes. a lot of these videos are women complaining. Do you think that women, I, I know we all wanna be valued, we all have high standards, but yes. do you think that there is somewhat of a social media epidemic of women having expectations that are not just high standards and high expectations, but they're just, they just seem downright- Unreasonable? Unreasonable, yes. unattractive? Yes. And I live in Miami, so this is the uh, OnlyFans capital of the world. Yeah. And I would argue the largest state is the BBL capital yeah. <laughs> of Florida. You have a lot of women that does a lot of plastic surgery to their bodies. They're literally trying to look like something that they're not with the filters. And I'm not trying to shame anyone, so don't, don't get me yeah. wrong on that. But at the same time, people are looking to present an image of themselves that's not based in any form of reality. They want what girls are portraying on social media get. 
They want the guys in the Porsches mm -hmm. and the Bentleys to come pick them up and sweep them off their feet and pay all their bills. And I think it's became become a very deranged set of circumstances across the country. Dayton has become trash. And I remember this viral clip of you yeah. actually saying that as I yeah. said that. It has become trash. And it's very difficult for a guy like me who's um, 36, I'm single, no kids. I mean, you can look at me. I work <laughs> out. I do all the, all the right things. But to find a woman who's actually a very good, solid woman who doesn't have all the trauma that you got to battle with from their previous relationships or from home life, which I've had to deal with that myself as well, but that can really reasonably be a good woman that you can marry. Those women, few and far in between, few per and my far experience, between. and from what f friends that I know yes. have said as well. Few and far between, but Gianna, let's be honest, you like a solid Instagram 10. <laughs> so you might not be able to find a good wife and a good woman who could be the mother of your children that looks like a solid 10 in Miami, that might be, do you think maybe your expectations are slightly unreasonable? Well, Tommy, I'm going to be honest. I've come down on that. You I come down to eight. I nine. <laughs> DM me on Instagram, at Gianno Caldwell, <laughs> and let's get together. But I'll tell you, in a very serious way, yes, that's been my preference. <laughs> that's been but your it preference. has. I mean, it, to be honest, like, who doesn't want a very beautiful woman? I right. do. Sign me up. Let's go. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, like, some of those women aren't even real. Right. <laughs> has that happened to you, Gianna, where you see somebody on social media? Yes. And they show up and they look like a different human? Yes, it has. Okay, what do you do in that situation? It was great meeting you. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you do? We still have I conversation. You just, you do, I mean, you're not going to probably continue it unless they're, like, a really good, cool person. But yeah. I wonder... Why all the face tuning of your pictures? Why all the right. filters? I mean, I understand that that's the thing now, but still in all, why do that? I like the more natural look. Right. Well, yeah. from what I've seen, Jenna, you don't like the natural <laughs> But You put our friendship on TV now. <laughs> you have many from what I've seen, I don't know, if it's, I don't know if it's the natural look, Gianno, but it's the Miami natural look. Well, we'll we'll or, give it that. Or, or the Sweden look. I mean, it's everywhere yes, now. Yes, yes. There you go. The, that that it definitely is your type. But we have another viral debate to okay. get to. You and I both, both travel a lot. Yes. Travel a lot on airplanes, right? So the great recline debate. Let's play a clip. A viral clip, and then we'll we'll talk about it. The situation there was she put her seat back, and because she put her seat back, somebody was kicking the back of her chair the entire time because they didn't like the fact that she reclined. This has been something that's been many, many years in the making. Mm. If you're on a flight and you're flying economy class, comfort plus, anything but but first, yes. will you recline the two inches that it gives you? No, absolutely I will. Yeah. Why so wouldn't I? You'll take advantage of it. Why would I'm six foot three? Right. Almost six foot four. So yeah, I'm going to take advantage room. of every, I need all of it. Yeah. So that, that space, you think that's totally acceptable? Because there are some people that think that that is just an a-hole move, to, to take the two inches away from the person behind no, you. No, no, that's what the seats are there for. See, and I agree with you on yeah. that. I do believe that if that's what the seat is made to do, I'm not breaking any boundaries or barriers. You know, I personally, people think, yeah, you're allowed to do it, but should you do it because it's rude? I personally don't that's think you rude. should. I don't think it's rude either. I think what's rude is bringing your children on a flight, you know? <laughs> allowed, allowed, but appropriate. Allowed, but appropriate. Tommy says, keep them on Spirit Airlines. Keep, keep them on Spirit Frontier. 
I don't. All the you places know? you don't use. All yeah, I mean, and I'll. If, I mean, I'm. I like a deal, so I'm not opposed if I no, need to I fly. No, I will never again. Spirit Airlines. You know, but Spirit will it's fly. It's the in Uber any, pool of airlines. It, it will fly in any weather condition. So that is what I appreciate about Spirit Airlines. All the other flights grounded. Spirit taking off during a hurricane. I love that about Spirit. <laughs> But, you know, the things on the air, people are crazy on airplanes now. People are feral on airplanes now. People, it used to be we all had to be masked because everyone was scared of, of COVID. And yeah. now people, and they have done this for years, but they take their shoes off. They uh, RFK walking to the bathroom without his shoes yeah, on, on a, on a flight. People just make airplanes their own. Another thing, that this hasn't been a viral debate, but I think it should be. What is your take on people that will bring a full meal on the plane with them? Is that something that you do? No, well, so here's the distinction. I may buy something from the airport yeah. and bring that on, but if you're bringing your Tupperware from and, home. you know, I, I love a good collard green and, and fried chicken too, but I'm not going to bring it on the airplane with my hot sauce and all that other stuff, and I'm not going to bring uh, some of these other foods yeah. that I see people. But it's usually, you don't really see it that much. It usually goes viral because people are doing it. Yeah. But I don't, I've never seen it on a flight. But you'll bring food on. from the airport. You'll yeah. bring food that's, that's got an odor onto an airplane. No, that's... and I, I don't want to, I don't want people to be wondering where the smell is coming from either. Yeah. So I tend to shy away from that kind of thing, but. I don't like eating next to people on airplanes because I just, uh, I just don't. I just think it's, it's different, but I mean, if I have to, I will, depending on how long the flight is, right? We got to well, do. You're famous, Tommy. People will take pictures of you and put well, them Well, it's not. Well, people also hate me, so they'll take a picture of me <laughs> right. when I'm sleeping or whatever. Right, it's like, yeah. fantastic. You yeah. got a photo of me sleeping. Yeah. Like, yes, I am, you know, in fact, in the wild. But it's, it's interesting the way people act on airplanes. Um, your take on people abusing the service animal designation. When well, I, I see someone bring that. a golden doodle, and I am an owner of a golden doodle, mm -hmm. my husband's, when I see people bring a golden doodle, I'm like, that's not a service dog. You're using it as a service dog, but it's not a service dog because you don't want to pay the fee. That, mm. It irks me. Yeah. Does it bother you? No, it doesn't, no. honestly. I've seen people bring huge dogs, but they usually, or at least from what I saw, they'll buy a seat for it, too. They'll buy a seat for the dog. Yeah, if you, okay. if you buy a seat for the dog, then okay. Like If you're going to spend... 700 bucks to have your dog fly with you that's that's fine with me right uh, i do understand what you're saying and i dated a girl with a dog and it was my first time having the experience to know what you do with the dog in an airplane mm -hmm. situation and people do abuse it but my concern would be more so if the dog is barking or jumping over a person or something yep. like that then it would make me feel uncomfortable i'm a bit of a germaphobe not really one but i'm always yep. like washing my hands and stuff like that but I, other than that, I don't really have an issue with it, honestly. Again, dogs have always been better behaved than children on planes. That's just that's the ones been we my see experience. now for for sure. That's that has been that has been my experience. Uh, next thing I have to talk about is Kim Kardashian. Okay, so first of all, what do you think about her with the Skims and the NBA deal? I mean, I'm not sure how many NBA players wear Skims. I thought that was kind of like a body contouring line, but there's a menswear line now. And Kim Kardashian, it seems like every time Taylor Swift does something, like Kim Kardashian has to do something to, to up her profile. Uh, what do you think about that? And what do you think about her being on the cover of the Man of the Year GQ Honestly, version? Uh, if you recall years ago, we uh, people were asking, what is uh, Kim K's skill? What, what kind of talent does she have? She's just good for reality TV. Well, that notion is completely flipped on its head. We got a person here. Over 360 million followers on Instagram, net worth of 1.2 billion, according to Forbes, $4 billion company. 
uh, who inked this partnership with the NBA, and then you had the president of the NBA in, in advertisement with her. This is completely genius level stuff here. Mm-hmm. Even Man of the Year GQ magazine. Now it would be different if it was a Man of the Year woke GQ magazine. Yeah. Then it'd be like, okay, this is this is obviously too much. But in this set of circumstances, she's certainly created a set of achievements for herself that I think many men who are powerful billionaires also can respect. Right. Like she's really done a phenomenal job at the branding of herself, her businesses. Most of her, a lot of her family millions members are now billionaires. Like mm-hmm. this is pretty insane level of creativity. Yep. As her um, co-founder Skim says, she's the Michael Jordan of influencers. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of sports, I don't think you're a football fan, from what I recall. <laughs> um, I'm not a football fan. I do like Taylor Swift, but if I see one more update on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I'm going to go nuts. I'm sure it has not escaped you. I'm sure you've seen the daily I've seen a lot they of they them. were holding hands. <laughs> they went here together. They woke up today and they both took a breath. I mean, what do you think about the nonstop coverage? Is it getting to be too much? Is it getting on your nerves? No, I mean, I'm not paying attention and clicking all the links. I think for anybody who's of a certain notoriety, you'll get it in some way shape or form. But with her obviously and clearly is amplified and for him, I know it's, it's probably really a question of what is he doing with it because this is the most fame he's ever seen in his life. And certainly the longer they stay together, it's something to get accustomed to. Uh, but I think it's good to see her happy. I think she said that she hadn't believed that she would find love again or something like that. She says that every six months. <laughs> every six months, it's like, oh, poor me. I'm a billionaire and I just have such a hard time. And this is the first time I've been in love. And then the next one and then the next one. I don't, and I don't knock her for it. Live your life, right? But speaking of that and kind of closing out our debate on dating culture and all this, Taylor Swift, obviously, you know, now a billionaire, according to Forbes. Travis Kelsey, very successful, does very well. He's got a Pfizer ad that I'm sure is making him a lot of money. He's a football player, makes a lot of money, but he's not in her league. Right. Would you be able to date somebody that even with your success, if they were on that even higher rung, like a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, would you be able to do that? Would that be intimidating to you, threatening, off-putting? No. Ladies, call me now. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. And the truth of the matter is if you find somebody that you have this commonality with, you have this rapport with someone who's a good communicator, who understands the foundational basis of Christ, uh, being a traditional woman, I'm all ears. I think regardless of a woman's success, I mean, you know, I dated a girl who was worth hundreds of millions of dollars and she was very much in love with me. Uh, But the truth of the matter is none of that stuff matters when you get to the core of what a person is. It's just outside noise and most importantly just looking at somebody beyond the facade really connecting with that heart space I think is incredibly important and if she's falling in in and out of love every six months so be it the fact of the matter is that she can get up on that horse and love again I know it wasn't easy for you too when you were dating right it's never easy right well, I'm just glad Taylor Swift is finally getting her happily ever after. Um, I was almost about to start a GoFundMe for her because I felt so bad just for her plight in life. But um, I'm, I like what you said. 
Got to put God and values first and then also be a nine plus. Right, literally. So reach out that. to Giano if you are a nine plus and... Uh, eights too. We're going to be generous today. Eights. <laughs> throw a couple eights in there. Uh, I look forward to it. Well, I hope that you enjoy Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you. I hope Nashville, we can hang out. Nashville, uh, bachelorette capital of the world. Yes, I so saw So there might be some lingering eights and nines around the city. <laughs> we'll have to see. And we'll see you tomorrow night at Patriot Awards we'll as well. We'll see you there. Absolutely. I'm so excited Tear up to the be town. with you. Leave leave a little bit for the rest of us, though, Gianna, because I know you have a good time. So <laughs> Nashville will never be the same. It will never be the same. All right, I'll see you tomorrow night, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. As if Americans haven't been censored, spied on, and silenced enough, now the unlikely tag team of Governor Kathy Hochul and wannabe President Nikki Haley have plans to take it up a notch. It's time for Final Thoughts. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts, what's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. <laughs> when a Democrat threatens to monitor hate speech, AKA speech they personally don't like, it's not surprising, it's actually expected. The left's definition of hate speech, by the way, would include any conversations about COVID that run contrary to the preferred government narrative and anything said, typed, or broadcasted by a conservative, or even worse, a conservative who is also white. Anti-Semitism, fine. Anti-white hate, fine. The vaccine prevents infection and spread, a lie, but also fine. We know the song and dance, the BS tap dance, if you will, that comes out of the left. But what about when it comes out of a so-called Republican, a Republican candidate for president of the United States, no less? If you needed further proof that Nikki Haley is the absolute worst, well, here you go. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're gonna get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is gonna see it. <laughs> Nikki Haley and Kathy Hochul may in fact be the same person. I'm sure they both hide their ammunition in their heels, whatever the hell that even means, but get a load of that, would ya? Nikki Haley believes that posting anonymously online or under a pseudonym or alias is a national security threat. So she wants to force social media companies to not only show their algorithms, but she wants some entity, likely a government one, to verify everyone who uses a social media profile. <laughs> Damn, what's next, a microchip? Vivek called her Dick Cheney in heels, but that comparison was far too kind, far too kind. And just in case you thought perhaps she misspoke or her intent wasn't clear, well, here she is doubling down. They need to verify every single person on their 
outlet because, and I want it by name. I want everybody's name, says dictator and Miss U.S. military industrial complex Haley. I'd rather have Jeb Bush than Nikki Haley. There is no region she wouldn't bomb. There is no special interest she wouldn't front. There is no American she wouldn't surveil. That woman is dangerous and also annoying as hell. Sure, Democrats are shady, slimy, and sneaky, but the enemy you know is far better than a snake in the grass. And Nikki Haley, she's hissing. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to stay tuned tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern when Clay Travis and I will be on with Tunnel to Tower CEO Frank Siller. We look forward to it tomorrow night ahead of the Fox Nation Patriot Awards. But until then, from Nashville, God bless and take care.